It's time for another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. I'm Kurt. I'm Steve. And we hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. How was your Christmas, Steve? Yeah, it was okay. You know, my family, son had the COVID. Well, he was, what's the word I want to use? Not subjected to COVID. He was exposed. Exposed, that's the word, yeah. So we just kind of canceled it. But, you know, we're not the only one in that boat, so. Yeah. A lot of families had to do that. Well, we did some family stuff. Hung out at home. A yeah. friend, friend came over. It was it was all good. It was all good. I got a, hey, I got a uh, lump of coal again. 50th year in a row. <laughs> well, at least you didn't get your stomach slit open and stuffed with straw. If you watched right. our last episode, that's what happened to some people, some young children in other countries. Yeah, so I should feel kind of lucky. Yeah, you should be be happy so now as i look at the calendar it says new year's is right around the corner literally right around the corner did you make any resolutions we'll get to that later right you have some you have some well i got some resolutions we could do that now okay so go ahead what are your new year's resolutions well obviously it's the new year's resolution i use every year is i need to lose some weight why is that i'm a fat bastard <laughs> it's as simple as that so I need to lose some weight and, you know, just get along with people better, I guess. And, you know, kind of somehow sabotage the Kansas City Chiefs this week, you know. Right. You know, things like that. So Bengals can make it to the Super Bowl but or just win the division because we have betting. We have bets on the Bengals to win the division, if you can believe that. Exactly. But, yeah, you know that and just – change my way of life you know what i mean it's just kind of i need to see a psychiatrist (laughs) maybe i just want to tell this nobody gives a shit out there maybe i'll just tell it to the psychiatrist you know oh woe is me well you know Uh, here's my goal i'm going to lose 40 pounds by the time we go to vegas okay so that'll put me down at two. Uh, if I lose forty pounds, seven eighty. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say three twenty, <laughs> but you want seven eighty. My six hundred pound life. <laughs> Man, he looks good. Yeah. So I don't even want the guys to know who I am when we go to Vegas. Who's that guy you're with? He's down to seven eighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, you know that's mine too. I lose weight, eat eat better, and watch the Super Bowl. There you go. I know one that I can keep. I'm I'm gonna I'm pledging my my uh, what do you call it? New Year's resolution is to go to the Dominican. <laughs> yeah, that yeah you can keep that one. Right. I think I might eat more popcorn, something like that. Something that right. wouldn't be hard. Well, you know. You know what I give up every year for Lent? Uh, limousine rides and caviar. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Every damn year. Every damn year. That's what I, that's what I do. I'll tell you what. I, New Year's resolutions are really uh, stupid. 
Nobody ever keeps them. Um, it makes you know for maybe a week, and that's it. I tell you what, the gym is always crowded in January. That's why you should make your New Year's resolution in December. That way, you can hit the gym. No one's in there. And then when you go in January, you're like buffed up a little bit. And everybody's like, well, why are you here? You look really good. You know what? That's a good plan. You know, you look really good. Not like you can see the guys are in there. We take bets on who's going to fail. Right. But here are 10 common but really bad New Year's resolutions. Okay. Okay, let's go. Now, you're going to start at number one or number 10? Number 10. Number 10 is to set goals. So you're resolving to make resolutions later. That's a bit like getting down on one knee and telling your significant other that you would really like to get engaged someday. (laughs) 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 This is not making a resolution, but making false advertisement. How about number nine? Be good, be kind, be better, be best, or be whatever vague assessment word that you use. Because nobody's going to keep that. What the fuck does this mean? Be kind. Be kind of what? Be kind of vague? (laughs) (laughs) Number eight. Improve your health or eat better. Speaking of vague, saying that you will improve your health without specifying how exactly is meaningless. Number seven. Get a significant other. Get married. These resolutions all fall in the category of requires someone else to consent to fulfill. You just can't do that. Right. Become an Olympic gold medalist, number six, (laughs) and turn into Captain Marvel. Exercise four hours a day or anything that is just not attainable for you. You can do anything that you set your mind to is how the saying goes, right? Wrong. No, you can't. There are limits to what you can do based on your innate talents, abilities, circumstances, and available time. Makes sense. Number five, have a body like or be like, insert a name or a celebrity. Gee, wouldn't it be great to have self-confidence and the feeling of self-worth? How about trying to be someone completely different? How about aiming to be someone who you don't even know and who doesn't know you? Oh, and try to do it without the same resources, helpers, makeup, airbrushing, CGI, dietitians that he or she has. Exactly. I remember when Oprah used to come on and say, oh, I lost all this weight. Well, she had a chef, a personal trainer, a gym in her house. Well, of course. Number four, join a gym or get some type of exercise equipment. Okay, this resolution is fairly easy to keep. You just have to have a credit card and be willing to use it. (laughs) The problem is joining a gym or buying the vibrate your tummy sizer alone is not going to do anything except make your wallet lighter. Gyms can make a healthy profit from new memberships in January, which they do, that go unused later in the year. Number three, do some extreme or crash diet or any other type of drastic behavior. You are not a microwave oven. You can't just turn on and off the moment's notice. For example, if you've been smoking for many years, simply quitting cold turkey is probably not going to work. You have to ease into behavior changes, 
making a small gradual change, plus many types of radical behavior changes like crash diets that focus too heavily on one thing or too intense physical activity can be quite unhealthy, which is good to know because I'm going to cut mine down to from a whole box to a half a box of Twinkies a day. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Lose X number of pounds. This is number two. Number two. This is an outcome and not a change in your behavior. This is like you saying your goal when looking for a job is to get rich. You can't, <laughs> you can't guarantee yourself that you will lose a certain amount of weight. Not everyone is the same. Some people can do all the right things and still not lose weight. I think that's us. We do all the right things and we just can't lose weight. Focusing on the outcome and not the journey can lead to really unhealthy situations like crash dieting to meet a goal or feeling depressed when you can't achieve the goal. I'm going to go on a diet this year, and I've already saw it. It's the uh, tomato soup diet. You eat tomato soup three times a day, and you vomit. <laughs> <laughs> and none of the calories sounds, are in you. That sounds like a good yeah. diet. Vomit diet. I built a cream uh, vomitorium in the backyard. What you resolve to do, number one, what you resolve to do in 2019 and 2018 in 2017. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been able to keep a resolution before, what makes you think things will be different this year? Maybe it's time to find other resolutions. So those are the 10 resolutions that are impossible to keep. Impossible. That's what I said. Impo not just hard. Impossible. Impossible. It's absolutely impossible. So I, I went out and bought ice cream last night. I bought candy. I bought everything I can because I start Monday. I'm not eating that. Well, the first is on Saturday, though, isn't it? Yeah, that Sunday. doesn't count because you can't do it on Saturday, Sunday. You got to start on Monday. You got to start Monday. Because, you know, I'm going out. Right. Saturday. Right. Now, I, you know what I did do that I was really proud of? I did do a diet, and when it says make specific goals, you remember I, I became a vegetarian for two months. Right, I remember. Any, and I did. I actually did not eat any meat for two months. And I think I lost like 25 pounds. But, I mean, that was actually what they're saying. Make that goal. You're going to do that again? You're going to become you know a vegetarian? What? I've gone to a couple restaurants where the side dishes are really good. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So I might, I might do that. They, I went the other night and they had Brussels sprouts covered in butter and sugar. <laughs> you know? And that's a vegetarian. That'll make you lose weight. No, no meat. <laughs> No me. I was in uh, Hilton Head once and became, seriously, I became a vegan for one week. But that was hard. That was hard. I, I, eating, eating vegan for me was very difficult. But I did it for a week. But I will tell you this. If you're, if you're considering being a vegan, two, two things I learned is important. Oreos are vegan and non-frosted strawberry Pop-Tarts are vegan. Now, you know, my daughter's been a vegetarian for like 10 years. Right. Maybe longer. And I think it's a lot easier to be a vegetarian now than it was because they have all those right. meat, plant-based. I mean, you can go to McDonald's and get a hamburger. Well, uh, and it tastes just yeah. like a hamburger. Well, I've had the one. And here in, in, in this part of the country, we have Frisch's Big Boy. And uh, I've had the Impossible Big Boy. And you can't tell the difference. No. 
Yeah, you you really can. In a way, it tastes better, but but it's good. And the and the one from Burger King, I think yeah. I've had, it's good. And now we're gonna find out ten years from now it was actually meat, but it's okay. So I'm uh, I think I'm gonna go become a vegetarian. I think I can do that. January first. No. No. January third. Third. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Okay, then that's what I'll do. I'll become a vegetarian. <laughs> Not. <laughs> you know. I, you know what? Really though, I don't eat a lot of meat. No, let me take that back. I don't eat like you know. A lot of people like to have like steak, potato. Yeah. This, you know, if I have chili or a hot dog or something, but I don't eat a lot of like, go out and order like a prime rib or something. I don't do right. that. Probably, I, I tell you this: the last time I had a prime rib was in Vegas. In twenty what eighteen whenever whenever you your son get whenever your son got married didn't you have one at um, when we were just out there at uh, oh no you're right I did yeah I did thirteen ninety five you have to ask for I it. forgot about that I forgot yeah Seagulls. I did so that was this year and then the, before that was whenever the, whatever year your son got married and you took us out yeah. the primary Take special you got to ask for I think on the menu it's like twenty one. I may be wrong on that, but I think you have to ask for the prime rib special. Nice mm-hmm. potato, and it comes with a vegetable. Prime rib. It's really twenty-four it's hours a day, seven twenty-four days hours a day, twenty-four-seven. You got to be in it to win it, baby. <laughs> That's all I got for New Year's resolution. That's all I need. Seeing how it's the end of the year, Steve. I think it's time for us one more time, for the last time, in twenty twenty-one. We're going to open up the attic. Now, this particular story, because you, as you as you guys know, for those of you who don't know, the attic is our little series, our feature, where we talk about the unexplained, paranormal, ghost stories, scary stuff. Well, we have a couple of things, but this first story is Steve's story. Now he's told me this before. He's told me this story before, off the air. Now sit down and get comfortable. And listen to this one, because this one is truly something remarkable. Okay, the story I have the story I have to tell you, I had just remembered it. And the reason I remembered it, I was watching the Twilight Zone the other night. They had a Twilight Zone marathon. Now, and I'll tell you about the Twilight Zone after I finish the story. The story goes that my uncle um this was early he's old i mean my grandmother would be 105 now she was born in 1913 so she might even be older than that 110 she would be 110 so i remember her telling me this story oh maybe when i was a kid i'm 60 years old and it was about her brother now, her brother was a member of the Odd Fellows Society. Now, the Odd Fellows Society was an organization somewhat like the Shriners or they were they do-gooders in the community. But you had rituals to go through to become a member of the Odd Fellows, just like the, the Masons and the other organizations. But he wanted to join. He was a young man. He wanted to join the organization. They have certain practices and certain initiations that you must go through. 
one of the initiations was that you had to spend the night in a cemetery. No big deal. I mean, I work in a cemetery. I drive through the cemetery at night all the time. So all he had to do was spend the night in the cemetery. And that's what he was told. But this, the plot thickens. What he had to do was, according to the initiation rites, he would have to go into a mausoleum. And what they did at the Oddfellows, they looked up who had recently died. In those days, who had recently died, they'd have the funeral, the casket would be in the mausoleum, it would be on the cement block, and it would be there for, I don't know, one or two days, maybe, I don't know, whatever the time period is. But um, what he had to do is he had to go into the mausoleum where the casket was, and he had a couple candles that he had to light. That was part of the ceremony. And he was there, and he would had to stay there until midnight. That sounds all easy enough. I mean, no one likes to sit with a dead body, but, you know, we don't, they didn't have the movies like we do now and all the uh, TV shows where the bodies move and all that. So, you know, it's it just a natural thing, death was. Not like it's not now, but, you know, you don't see all the stories and everything to scare you. So his job was to go sit in the mausoleum, light the two candles. Now, there was one more thing he had to do. The good fellows, they carried swords with them. That was part of their attire. And what he had to do at midnight was take his sword and run it down into the middle of the wooden casket. And then he was to leave. That was his initiation, plain and simple. So he goes into the mausoleum, and he's sitting there, and he's got the candles lit. And he goes in, I, I don't know, uh, twilight. So you have to sit there for a while. Mm -hmm. As it gets, you know, he has to open the door to the mausoleum. It gets colder and colder. This is according to my grandma. Um, and I guess the wind, he's getting kind of scared. And he's getting ready to leave. And who's going to know if he leaves early anyway? Right. Okay. All he has to do is report back to the Goodfellas the next day. Say he did it. They'll all come out, see the sword in the casket, and case closed. He's a member. So he's sitting there with his candles, and all of a sudden the wind blows in and blows the candles out. Mm -hmm. Well, now he's sitting pitch black in this uh, mausoleum, a family mausoleum. And I don't know if you've seen those. Those are very small. Maybe holds five, six, seven bodies in the wall. And this one here was yet to be put into the wall. Mm -hmm. So he decides, I'm not waiting anymore. He says, I'm getting out of here. I can't see anything. So he takes the, the sword, raises it above his head, and slams it into the casket. Turns to run away, and he can't go nowhere. Something's got him. So he's thinking that, I guess, you know, you shouldn't have done this, and now the bodies come out and grabbed him. Okay. The next day, my he never comes home to my grandma. They live together, never comes home. 
Right. My grandma goes to the Goodfellas and says, look, he was here last night. Where is he? Um, they haven't seen him. He was supposed to report back that night, midnight. Never came back. So they go out the next morning to the mausoleum, and there he is on the floor of the mausoleum. Right. They thought he was asleep. So they wait, try to wake him up. He's not asleep. After looking at the situation, it seems that as he, in his being scared and trying to get out of there, as he raised the sword to run it through the casket, his cloak, coat, whatever you want to say, must have fell over the casket. And when he brought the sword down, he thought someone had him, but it was actually he had impaled his coat in there. Oh. And so he literally died of fright. Oh, really? He literally died of fright. Scared to death. Scared to death. Literally scared to death. Yes, yes. Now, I've heard this story since I was young. Right. You know, and I was born in 61. So I've heard this story. My mom told me this story, and she heard it back in the 50s. Okay. My mom was born in 35, so she heard it back in the 50s. Now, the reason I bring this up with the Twilight Zone is the other night I'm watching the Twilight Zone marathon. Right. And an episode comes on The Grave. And Lee Marvin is in this. Lee Marvin is a bounty hunter, and he's tracking a bounty across the country. Out, I mean, across the West. And last known place is this small town. So he goes in and he questions the individuals if the, if the gentleman has been through here. They said, yep, he's up on top of the hill. Lee Marvin goes up on top of the hill and the gentleman's dead. They have a grave for him. Okay. So Lee Marvin, it starts to get dark. Lee Marvin decides to complete his task, which was to kill this guy. So Lee Marvin takes his knife out and runs it into the grave, the dirt grave. The next day, someone comes asking about Lee Marvin, and they can't find him anywhere. He hasn't come back to town to get a drink or anything. They go up to the grave, the last known spot, and Lee Marvin had drove his knife through his coat, which was hanging over the grave, impaled his coat on there, and thought that I guess the guy came out of the ground and oh. Lee Marvin died, scared him to death. Now, either the Twilight Zone stole my family's story. Right. Or my family made the story up. But I can't imagine that story's been in my family that long that my mom remembers her telling it to her. So I'm assuming. Rod Serling is going to be sued by the Core Extra podcast. (laughs) Well, I remember when you first told me, I was like, which came first? Was this a. So, have you checked to see if this is an urban legend that they tell, and maybe your uncle died in a house of ill repute, and this is just a story they tell? I have not checked that out, but as far as I know, this is what happened. We have to get to the bottom of this. I'm sure if it was a house of ill repute, he 
impaled someone with a different sword. Oh! Wait, we have to get to the bottom of this. We will in the, in the next year. Yeah. We will find out. We will put this story on the shelf until next year. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. It's a true story. That. It's a true story. So when did the Twilight Zone first start? That Twilight Zone episode was from 63. 63. And you and your mother heard this story in the fifties. Yeah. Yes. Well, Rod Serling was from Ohio, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Mm, the plot thickens. Yep. But this happened in Kentucky, but still close enough that you know you could. Um, so it's possible Rod Serling heard this story in a bar. Yes, that is possible. I never thought of that. And then just made it, made plagiarized it, right. and made a TV show about it. Now we're not accusing Rod Serling of anything, right. or whatever who owns the Twilight Zone. But I've heard that story before. I saw the grave. We have to look into that. We have to. You remember? Everybody out there remember. Was it this year or last year? Those monoliths, monoliths, can't even say it, monoliths showed up out in the desert. Remember that? Yep. And if you remember, we dispatched the core extra monolith team out there to investigate. Yes. Remember? Yes. Well, now that the monoliths are gone, the core extra monolith team has nothing to do. I mean, I, I when we came to the studio today, I saw them just sitting there. They have Twiddling nothing to do. Thumbs. Twiddling their thumbs. We will get them on this. Yeah, it's, I, it's three of them. We'll get them on this to do the research to find out what the situation is. If they can hear me, if you guys can hear me in there, you might as well start packing up and getting ready to go and find out what the situation is. I we need to answer these questions. Well, we'll certainly get to the bottom of that. But I have a story. It didn't happen to me. But I will tell you how I found out about this story. So a long time ago, and when I say a long time ago, I don't mean the 1940s. I mean, sometimes in the 80s or 90s, I was in Chicago, right? Yeah. So I'm in Chicago, downtown, and I'm standing on the bridge on the, um, what is it called? The Miracle Mile. One of those bridges that where you do all the shopping, you know, in Chicago. But anyway, so I'm standing on the bridge. And I start talking to a guy that was there for the same conference I was there for. And he starts asking me about the infield monster. E-N-F-I-E-L-D. The infield monster? The infield monster. It's supposed to be a true story. I had never heard of it. It happened in Enfield, Illinois. So I kind of forgot about it. Okay. I mean, he's, he says, oh, yeah, man, this monster came up, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I didn't think anything else about it. So the other day. I see it online again. I'm just poking around online, looking at scary stories, and I see this. So I decided to look into it. So I go to this website, and I'll tell you what it is. It's called allthatsinteresting.com, allthatsinteresting.com, which I never heard of before this. So they tell the story of the infield monster. And here's the story. I'm going to give it to you as they tell it. One night in 1973, the two young McDaniel children of Enfield, Illinois, claimed to see a weird creature lurking in their yard and trying to get into the house. 
but Father Henry McDaniel chalked their creepy story up to the active imagination of childhood. However, he changed his mind later that night. After being awoken by a strange scratching sound, McDaniels grabbed a gun and a flashlight and peered outside his front door. There between two rose bushes, he saw a creature that was almost like a human body, just as his kids had described. It had three legs, a short body, two little short arms, two pink eyes that were as big as flashlights. Now that's, now that's what he reported to the uh, newspaper. This was in the newspaper. McDaniel said he fired four shots and was sure he hit the creature at least once, causing it to make a hiss much like a wildcat before it ran off toward a railway embankment. McDaniel was stunned when he saw the monstrous beast jump 80 feet in three jumps before quickly running out of sight. So this thing has three legs or, 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 or three limbs and jumped 80 feet. The police found scratches on the door screen as well as footprints in the dirt near McDaniel's home that looked dog-like with six toe, pad, toe pads, yet no clues pointed to an unusual creature. McDaniel's sighting uh, made the Reading Eagle, I guess that was the publication yeah. back then, but it was clear most people didn't believe it was true. It didn't help that a 10-year-old neighbor faked his own eyewitness account of the beast, only to later admit that his testimony was a prank against the McDaniels. Now, McDaniel reported two more sightings of the alleged beast to local cops, but he said they eventually threatened him with jail time because nobody believed that he saw what he saw was real. But McDaniel was adamant and stood behind his scary story. If they do find it, McDaniel said, they will find more than one, and it won't be from this planet. I can tell you that. I don't know how McDaniel's an alien expert now, but after McDaniel's public testimony about the infield monster, other eyewitnesses' claim, claims begin to surface. Monster hunters swarmed the town, and at least five men were arrested after firing shots in the area and claiming to have <laughs> photographed the, t the creature. To this day, no explanation has been uncovered for this small town creepy story. Now, what made me tell that story is if you go back and listen to our, one of our attic stories about the werewolf in London, Ohio. Yeah. I, the reason I started looking around, I started looking around because I'm, I still can't find anybody in London, Ohio that has ever heard this werewolf <clears throat> story. So when I see a story about the infield monster, now this was in the paper and everything, this guy might have seen something and somebody asked me about it. And the guy that asked me about it, I don't know where he heard about it. But I'm giving more credence to this story than I did the London werewolf story. Yeah, I'm, I can find nobody that's ever heard of the London werewolf story. And it happened London, Ohio. London, Ohio. Yeah. And it happened in, in, in the 80s. I can't find, I still can't find anybody. I just mm -hmm. talked to a, a lady the other day that was born and raised in London. She never heard the story. Never heard it. But the infield monster is supposed to be the real deal. Now, where did it go? Nobody's ever seen it since. So, these little small town monster cases, you know, I don't know if I found one yet that we can absolutely Say, remember the one, the Frog Man in London? It turned out—I mean, I'm sorry—the Frog Man of Loveland, Ohio. Yeah. 
and it turned out to be a, a guy running around in a suit. Well, there's that uh, New Jersey devil. Right. He's running around. Well, let's switch gears for a second here. I think before we get out of here, we have to discuss something very important. Two things very important. Okay. It's time for a quick dip into our other feature called the pre-snap read. So this is a big weekend coming up. We have the Bearcats, Cincinnati Bearcats, playing against the Alabama Crimson Tide in the uh, football playoffs. And that game is New Year's Eve at 3.30 Eastern, I think. The Bearcats are 13.5-point underdogs. The Bearcats say they are underdogs. Saban from Alabama says they're underdogs because because, – Cincinnati's undefeated. Now, I can't think of a, of a scenario in my head where Alabama's the underdog. No, I can't either. But if you had to put your finger on it right here, right now, what do you think is going to happen? Alabama. I know wins. what I know what you I know what you hope happens, but what Alabama, do you think? Alabama wins, covers. You think we're going to lose by more than thirteen? Yeah, and a half? yeah. I just think they're just too too much for us. Now, you never know. I mean. I think we can play with them for a half. But, I mean, it's Alabama. You know, I know know we played with Georgia last year. Should have won that game. But it's Alabama. So. What I honestly think will happen is. See, it's hard for me to say what I think and what I hope. I hope it comes down to a last-minute field goal by, not, by not our me. guy. Not our me. <laughs> our guy's horrible. No, Kick we got that other guy. Oh, we got a new guy from yeah, Delaware. Yeah, we got that new guy. It's yeah. like they went 27 for 30. Yeah, they just brought him in. He's one of those, yeah. uh, what do you call them, transfer guys. Uh, yeah. Portal. Portal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, no, I know. Our other guy, he was ranked. All three of them. Yeah, I think it was something like there was 110 – Kickers and he was 109 or something. I think our guys ranked 107, 108, 109. <laughs> right, but this guy here, this kid's supposed to be good. So I'm hoping it comes down to that. Hey, if it comes down to a field goal, we got a chance. That's the thing. I hope. I know this is not the title, but I hope. Well, then that brings us to the Bengals. Now the Bengals scenario is this. If they win two games, I went through all the scenarios this morning. Here's the bottom line. The Bengals have to win one of these two games and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. They, they win both the games. That's uh, Kansas City this week and Cleveland the following week. They win both games, we win the division, which is what me and you want. If we win this week, we clinch the division. Ten wins. No one else can get ten. Mm, is that right? Yeah. If- Cleveland's got uh, – Cleveland is seven and eight. Um, no, Pittsburgh. P- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is, is eight. seven, seven and one. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's not right. Is it? Yeah. Pittsburgh seven, seven and one. So all we have to do is win one game to clinch the division. All we gotta do is win one game. Okay, I misread. I misread that. Division. I misread that. Then that's good. I want to clinch it this week. I don't want to wait for Cleveland. If we win two. Kansas City and Cleveland, and Kansas City loses to us and loses the final game. We're the number one seed. Yeah, because right now we're three. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. I think we're three. 
But we have to – I would like to see it. So what do you think is going to happen with Kansas City? Now, Kansas City has something to play for this week. They want that bye. You know, being a Bengal fan is, is so heartbreaking mm-hmm. over the years. I am going to say the Bengals lose this week. Mm. The Bengals lose in Cleveland. No, no. We go 9-8, and eight and we squeeze in as the seventh seed. No, we're not going to lose to Cleveland. That's the, the only thing I don't like about the Cleveland game is it's kind of like New Orleans and Tampa Bay. We all know Tampa Bay is a better team, no doubt. In the two years Brady's played in Tampa Bay, he's one in five against New Orleans. They just stack up real good. And we can't stop the run. And they have monsters in Cleveland and a great offensive line. It's the only thing that worries me. I don't want to go to Cleveland and have to win. Now, it could be if Cleveland loses this week, they're out. Pittsburgh still has Cleveland and Baltimore. So, I mean, we could even lose both and still win the division. But just win this week and that's it. But it's a hard thing to beat Kansas City. The biggest problem with Kansas City is, for us, is Kelsey because we can't hold tight ends. We can't stop tight ends. I don't know why, but we can't. Historically, we can't stop tight ends. No, if Kelsey didn't play. It doesn't matter. if it's, It doesn't matter what tight end no, it what, is. No, what tight end. But he's double trouble. But look what Kittle did to us. Yeah. Look what uh, Andrews did last week with Baltimore. Right. Killed us. Yeah. And the Kelsey, you can't let him run loose. You can't let him run loose, Travis Kelsey, tight end for Kansas City. But I think Zach Taylor's going to have him ready. I think we're going to shock Kansas City. I think the jungle will be rocking. I think the Bengals will be ready. And I and, and, and I just think our triple threat receivers are just as much of a threat as Kansas City's. You can argue that not yet because we haven't won anything, and I get it. But Kansas City lost a few games this year. You know Kansas yeah. City is like on a seven-game winning right, streak. Right, right. I think our skilled positions are better than Kansas City. You take our four skilled positions, our five, because I'll throw Kelsey in there. Higgins, uh, name him. Boyd, Boyd Chase, Chase, Mixon. Mixon and Uzama against who? Kelsey. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Alaire. And Kelsey. I can't even name the other guys. I can't, I can't either. So, But that's only because I hate every other team except the Bengals. So the, our five guys are, if you just take them as a core, no one else has five guys. No one. Right. And we got the best quarterback in the, league, in the division. Right. So now is he going to throw for 545 yards? No. No, no, no. Not against Kansas City. No. Is he going to throw for four touchdowns? Probably not. Probably so, not. So, defense got to step up. Well, you remember years ago when Kansas City was 9-0 and and they came in here. Yeah. And Chad guaranteed a victory and we won. Yeah. Remember? I remember that. So, I'm hoping they take care of business against Kansas City. I don't want to have to win the Cleveland game. I don't either. But that brings me to another question. What do you think of the way they schedule these – Comp division games at the end of the year. I like it. I do too. It brings a lot yeah. of drama. I like it a lot. 
because I think it's, I, I think it would be hard to get excited right now if we had to play uh, San Francisco and New Orleans for our last two yeah, games, yeah, you yeah. know, because only one of the teams would be really into it. But now that we're playing the AFC for an AFC seed and a division and everybody is still kind of in the hunt, you know, that's pretty good. That's the way you schedule, you know. Yeah, I'm, I can't be over – Look, we could win our next two or we could lose them. I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. I would be surprised if we lost two games. So I would I would really be shocked because these guys are riding high. You can argue that Baltimore was depleted, but that doesn't mean anything really. No. They're they're still NFL players. Because um because Lamar Jackson played when we beat him before. Yeah. You know, he was there and we shut him down, you know. So, Steve, for the last time this year, I will ask you what did we learn today. We learned that you got to be careful with these New Year's resolutions. Yes. There's no use even making them. You can't keep them. Gotta be, you got to be careful. You got to be careful with them. Then we learned that it's a possibility that your family you know, inspired a story by yeah. the Twilight Zone. Right. We're going to get to Plagiarism. the bottom of that. <laughs> by Rod Serling. It's possibility. Possibility. Who well, knows? We know we had the story before he did. Before he put yeah. it down on paper. We have to find out. I saw uh, when you were talking about the Bengals, I looked out the window, the monolith team left. Uh, I, quite frankly, I think they're going to get something to eat. But they did leave right away. They so that's where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to hold the table for us. I don't think they're going to do any research. I need to get something because I'm about ready to fall asleep. Right. We also learned that we we do have to back up a little bit that this time next year, <laughs> Steve will be down to 780 pounds. 780 pounds. Right. You won't even recognize him. Nope. You I, won't even recognize I'll him. I'll come in the studio and I'll go, who are you? You only weigh 780. <laughs> <laughs> Remember... There's a place in Vegas that uh, oh, yeah. Heart Attack Grill where you yeah. stand on the scale. Yeah. I could have got us free food. And it, No, I don't know. You couldn't. <laughs> no. I mean, we're talking about this, but no, not really. That lady we saw, you got to be over 350, and I think, what was she, 369? 369. And she celebrated like yeah. she won the lottery. Yeah. Now, I wonder if it's all you can eat. That might be a good uh, celebration. Or you just get like a hamburger. If you're 369, maybe maybe not go to the heart attack grill. <laughs> you know, maybe just go back to your room. Yeah, I mean that's. Then we learned there's a monster in Enfield, Illinois, that I didn't know about. But we're not sure if he's real or not. Just like the werewolf in London, Ohio, we're not sure. Last but not least, we knew we learned that the Bearcats and the Bengals could make a huge impact. Yeah. This weekend. Imagine if they both won. They both win. Mm. That's what we want. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> That's all. The whole show should be that. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> We're not even going to talk next year. So the whole show. We'll you, just we'll just play the we'll put the uh, game on in the background and just go. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. 
We want to wish everybody a happy new year. Follow us on all social media. Check us out. If you have anything, uh, just send us notes, anything, show notes, anything you want to tell us. Uh, maybe about topics or creepy stories you have or just regular stories you have. Let us know. Follow us on all social media. And with that, we're going to say Happy New Year. Everybody have a safe, happy, healthy New Year. Okay, that's all we have. You got anything else, Steve? I do not. All right, I'm Kurt. And I'm Steve. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening. Mm. Mm-hmm.